Welcome back. This is our second edition of Maroon and Bold this semester. I'm Dylan Getz, your sports editor at Central Michigan Life. Today we're going to be talking football, the marching chips, and CMU soccer. What's up, everybody? We're back with another edition of Maroon and Bold. I'm CM Life sports editor Dylan Getz. I'm here with beat writer uh, Evan Petzold and Andy McDonald today. So we got so we got two de- two guests on today. Evan, how are you doing today? Doing good. Great to be back. You know, for for week number two on the Maroon and Bold podcast, it's always good to sit in with you. And then you know, Andy, this week always fun having you around. I'm super pumped for this one. Yeah, Andy, this is is, is this your first time I ever being on Maroon and Bold? It's my first time ever being on Maroon and Bold. Yeah, I've you listened should, to the podcast for two years, so I'm pretty excited. To find should be honored. Out. Yeah, now you get to listen to yourself talk. How I, about that? I can't wait. Couldn't ask Honestly, better, right? talking about this school finally. You yeah, know? there we go. So this is uh, our second edition of Maroon and Bold so far this semester. We're going to be talking about some football, some marching chips, uh, some CMU soccer. Um, wow, what an abomination uh, for football last weekend against Kansas. They were favored to win by, what was it, three and a half? Yep. Uh, I should have bet that Kansas money line because I, I saw that coming. But, hey, uh, okay, Kansas 31-7. to did you guys expect this at all? I don't think anybody in the country did. I don't think it's not just us. I mean, you can talk. I mean, we had people. I mean, Sports Center put a thing out on their Twitter about it. Like, everybody was shocked that it happened. I mean, yeah, sure, it might have been their best chance maybe to win a game the rest of the year, but I mean, they lost to uh, the worst one of the uh, probably the worst team in the Power Five. Yeah, and, and Dylan, I know you said that you kind of saw, you know, an upset victory coming, mm-hmm. but. You didn't see a 31-7 final, no. did you? I didn't. I thought it would be a close game. That's, you know, both teams would kind of, yeah. you know, kind of stink it up. And I mean, then it was that one last year too. Yeah. And if anybody would have thought that Kansas would win, I think that you know those people probably thought it would be a, a three point win, something right, around there. Right. I don't think anybody saw this. And I mean, yeah, it was atrocious. It was awful. You know, t- Tony Poljan, four interceptions. I mean, that's rough. Come, come on, and and they weren't even. They weren't even close. Like a lot of the times, it was just him throwing the ball up to get rid of it instead mm. of you know making the decision to throw it out of bounds or to take the or sack. just take like, the sack. Yeah, yeah. I remember he one specific instance when we were all sitting in the uh, the press box and he rolled out to his left. You know, there's a def- defender closing in on him, and he just puts up like a prayer. I mean, it was just kind of clueless. One of those like and close I your eyes you- and let it fly. Yeah, I just turned to you guys and I'm like, okay, just take the sack, Tony. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, that's what happens when you start when you're a young quarterback and you see your team trailing by that much in a game. You start to think, I got to make plays happen or else this is going nowhere. And I mean, yeah, they had one drive in the third quarter. They were able to put together a quick touchdown drive, some quick passes. You look crisp on that drive, but after that, the momentum just went away. They couldn't get the job done again. I mean, I talked. I was doing a story on uh, CMU fans around the stadium, but I happened to find some Kansas fans I wanted to talk to. Um, and they have a couple of kids that were on the team. Uh-huh. And the one quote that I just have been repeating all week that I can't get out of my head is, is that he said, I don't care if it's a high school team that's out in that field. If we were to get a win, it would mean everything to us. And you know how big of a win. When they start yeah. to get that lead and, you know, P- Puka Williams is running up the, the score and everything like that, Kansas could feel it. And they got the job done. Yeah. And you could feel it in the atmosphere, too. I, I mean, I don't, I don't care if you were a fan, you know, if you're a media of the. Of, of the press, you know, up in the media, you know, whatever, whatever you were, wherever you were at, at that moment. I mean, if you were near Kelly Shore, it was almost like you would kind of feel the vibe of like, holy crap, this is actually going to happen. Did you kind of get that, those say that same feeling yeah, as time I mean, went on? You know, in the press box, they tell you like, no cheering or everything, but which is, which is fine. That's how a press box should operate. 
But the thing is, the opposing team's broadcast uh, group, or you know, their their you know broadcast team is always the one right next to the press box. Yep. <laughs> Normally, the doors are open because it's not like anybody's yelling in mm-hmm. there or anything. And they were just going nuts. Like you could you could look across the you know there's windows so you could see inside of there, and they were just flipping out every single touchdown. They're like, oh oh my god, like it's one it's more happening. one more point closer, you know. And yeah, it you was, feel it. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, you I, know, I did not so. expect it. You lose. You know, I mean, yeah. wh- whatever it is, 46, 49, whatever the, the actual road game total is, the fact is they haven't won a road game since 2009. If you're if you're winning the game and you're blowing them out, how long have you waited to see something like that? Yeah. It, you know, it's it's hard to hold back your emotions, especially if you're someone that follows them on the road everywhere they go. I yeah, mean, I, I don't blame any Kansas fan for being pumped about a win like that. And, you know, against a school like CMU that had a pretty successful season last year, now the other teams that's looking at themselves and got to figure out what to do. Now, now, Evan, they could go 0-3 here, possibly. Uh, Northern Illinois is coming up. They're traveling to Illinois. Uh, tell me about that team. What should we look out for in that matchup? Yeah, heading to DeKalb, Illinois, to, to take on Northern Illinois um, at Husky Stadium. 3.30 kick on September 15th. That's a Saturday. You know, it's, it's a team that is kind of just like CMU. They're almost like the exact same team. You know, really good defense. Got a lot of got a lot of solid weapons and assets there, but the offense is just so far behind the defense that it's just almost like head scratching mm-hmm. because you want to try to figure out, you know, what is really going on with the offense. And it's kind of the same thing for both. And it's gonna be a defensive battle. That's that's what everyone's talking about. And that's you know, the coaches know it, players know it. Everybody kind of figures that, you know, whichever team's offense is gonna break the other's defense is, is gonna get the win, you know, eventually. I, I really don't think you know, we'll, we'll see, I don't know, maybe, you know, three or four turnovers forced by each defense, maybe even like it, yeah. it's going to be lots of punts, like <laughs> mm-hmm. a sleeper game. It'll put yeah. you to put you to bed. A barn to be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, well, I saw one stat in your story specifically about how CMU was, I believe is 122nd in total offense. Yeah. Uh, Northern Illinois is 127th. 127. Out of 128 FBS teams. I bet that one's selling out. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're talking Funny. about two teams that are 0-2 regardless. If you want a road situation where you have to go after having an embarrassing loss at home, this is definitely CMU's game that you would have wanted lined up, I guess, because the Huskies haven't had much success, even though they have a quarterback back from a year ago and, and, and Childers that had success through 15 touchdowns a year ago. He's struggling so far this year with only one and a couple of picks. So he's been able to, you know, he's been turning the ball over. And CMU's defense showed against Kentucky that they can create turnovers. So I think it's going to take more of that and being able to get a guy like Tony Poljan in a really good position to score. Yeah. Because this this offense simply needs confidence pumped into it. And not that their play calling helps that, because if you ask me, mm-hmm. you look at the play calling from last week, it was very disappointing. It was bland. There wasn't enough there. I think that they need to have a, do a better job of that as well. But I also think, well, the defense, it's not their fault that they were forced to be in the field so much last game. They have to try to get this offense going by doing their part and getting some turnovers and putting them closer into the scoring position. I, I think too this is a really big week for them because you 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 know you go on the road and you get a win against Northern Illinois, let's say, come home to play Maine, a team that it's going to be a win. I think they they should be able to beat pretty handily. Um, you know, then you're two and two. You know that that's a lot yeah. different than you know one and three or or zero oh and four. Yeah. If you're two and two going into Michigan State at East Lansing. It's just a little bit of a different vibe, and it's yeah. a little bit of a different culture around the program. You feel better. Yeah. And you yeah. got to go play at a university like oh, that, yeah. which, I mean, they're not having the most success right now, but still, it's Michigan State. Yeah, it is Michigan State. I mean, they're still, I mean, 
I'm pretty sure they're still ranked, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, much, yeah. much better. 25th in the country. Yeah. Much better than uh, much better in CMU's what their situation is right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, 122nd in the country in offense. That might be the same ranking they're at right now with how they're playing. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, it, it's it's not it's not looking too good for CMU in that matchup specifically. But we'll 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 get to that uh, later on this season. You know, we still got what three weeks. So mm-hmm. uh, moving on a little bit, wanted to mention the uh, the marching chips CMU marching band. Uh, they made their appearance on Monday Night Football um, at Ford Field on this this past Monday. Um, they played at halftime. They played some, I believe, it was songs from Pulp Fiction. You know, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a they did a piece that was that was based on songs from his movies. So that that's that's kind of cool. A that lot of people. Awesome. Yeah, I, I remember specifically seeing uh, that night. Obviously, everybody was like, wow, the Lions suck. But, hey, <laughs> there's a lot of CMU people uh, in the Detroit area specifically, um, you know, shouting out the marching chips. You know, it's it's, it's good to see them. And uh, I, I actually wrote the previous story for it, and, and the uh, the marching band director said, you know, this is why we do things like this is because there's so many so so much alumni in that Detroit area that will, you know, they'll buy a ticket even to see the, the, the Lions get blown out just to, just to come back and, and see their, you know, see their marching chips play. Um, they played a, you know, they play, they did their piece, and then on the way out, they did the the fight song. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I thought was pretty interesting, uh, Nick Blower, who used to be a linebacker uh, at CMU back in the day, now he's a fullback and kind of special teams guy for for the Lions. He came up and you know adapted up the whole band. So mm-hmm. I thought that was you know nice, but. I mean, you nice guys are, you guys are watching the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, you could kind of you kind of spot them on the sideline like right before halftime. But obviously, other than that, they had the halftime show playing, which kind of sucks. But I mean, you know, it, it's just good for the band. Yeah, and the, the people like you know you talk about Belor, like people from CMU that graduate, they just seem to really you know pride this university like in a great way. So it's not a surprise to me that he does stuff like that. I can tell you from you know high school experiences of playing sports and you know making state championship games, or whatever. Going to any professional stadium or college stadium that's like you know bigger than what you're used to playing on, it's pretty cool. I'd have to imagine it's the same exact kind of experience for the marching chips. Well, I talked to a young gentleman from the Detroit area, and that's where he was. You know, he was born and raised, and he went to high school there. And he said that you know he did stuff with his high school band, and they went to Fort Field a couple times. You know, just for state championship games mm-hmm. in, in Michigan. But he said this was so different. Oh yeah, he said it's so different. See that that you know that stadium packed to see Ford Field just. Full of people. Yeah, you go to a all high school watching game. them, right? It's like all watching them. And he said it was, he said it was like a little bit. He was a little nervous, but like the thing that kind of like shook off those nerves, and he kind of brushed it off his shoulder, just because like they've been doing those songs for you know such a long time, and they've been practicing. They put in a ton of effort for yeah, it. Yeah. But he said it was awesome for him specifically, just to be able to go back to his hometown and play in front of like his family. He had a bunch of family members out there um, for him, you know, and his his dad's been you know, a band guy all of his life. So he kind of grew up around music and that's kind of always been his life. So to get back to, to be able to like take that back to Detroit, that was his favorite thing about it. And honestly, like, you know, got to tip the cap to those guys. Like they, they work their butts off. They oh, really yeah. do. I and mean, yeah, we see it every day, right, right outside of Moore Hall. Right? Every, yeah, day. Every, yeah, day. Yeah, every single day they got their practice, practice field going on uh, four to five thirty, I believe. Yeah. No. Oh, that is. I mean, do, do college bands make half of what college football season is so much fun for me, and why I like it so much. I've always liked bands since I was a kid. Like, oh, just yeah. listening to it. That's the difference between like to me, it almost brings more emotion to like where it sounds like it's like a happier beat and everything because it's college and like pro. You just don't have that kind of stuff when yeah. you're watching yeah. an NFL game on Sunday. You don't have it. So I'm grateful for bands. Like it makes my yeah. college experience better. College honestly. football is much better with marching bands. I agree. It's just that simple. I mean, 
uh, the whole feel of a college football game, going to a big college football game here in the band. You know, you don't get that feel when you go to an NFL game. Just the whole pregame. Getting yeah. set up on the field, it's making just, the, yeah. the, the sea like they do here and everything else. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And, you know, you got to you gotta give it up to them. It was it was really cool that they got to go to Ford Field and kind of show off. They really enjoyed it. Got uh, from cap. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, moving on a little bit, uh, CMU Soccer, they, they just had their biggest win of the season uh, against Oakland last Sunday, September 9th. Uh, 5-0 win in this game. Um, Palafas, their leading scorer, obviously she's been their leading scorer for the last, what, four years. <laughs> yep. uh, she had two goals, two assists. Um, Costner also had two goals. But I, I talked to some of the girls today, and Peter McGahee, their coach, and according to them, this, this win really helps the team's confidence and the team's kind of mindset going forward. You know, being able to put up this many points, uh, they've only had one game this season where they haven't got on the board. So, uh, you know, stressing stressing offensive, you know, consistency is definitely something that they're looking at. And, and uh, you know, Lexi Palafis, actually, she was awarded this week. Yeah. T- tell me more about that, Andy. Yeah, she was able to get that for the second time this season. She was able to get the MAC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, I think it's definitely that, that's something she earned, uh, being able to get three goals and two assists over the weekend. She's really been that person uh, for the two years that you just can't stop talking about if you talk about Central Michigan soccer. I mean, she's been that good. Um, and right now she's tied for the MAC lead in goals with the six that she has in the year in just seven games. That's almost averaging a goal per game. I mean, she's been phenomenal. She's been a leader in this team. And and what you kind of hit on with the offense and everything else, um, with them you know, not being able to put up as many goals early in the season and everything, they lost a lot of their people from last year that gave them a lot of goals and, and helped with that offensive success. You know, with a girl like Lexi, yeah, you know you're going to have a lot of offense coming back no matter what, but you still have to find other people. So to have someone like Lexi Palafas playing the way that she is right now I think is mm-hmm. key for CMU to be able to get some of these younger people acclimated and playing better. And, the, and then the first time she won uh, Player of the Week, it was because she scored a hat trick the week before. So mm-hmm. I mean, just she's all over the place, isn't she? She's, she's a scorer. A, she's a scorer. Like it is, it is unbelievable watching her play. I, I had the opportunity to cover that team last fall, and watching her play, it almost like just gave me a different love for the sport because I'm I'm not a big soccer guy. Um, you know, I just took the beat and kind of went with it. You know, whatever I got, I got, and I was cool with it. And that was that's what I wanted to do was just you know roll with whatever. So I got on that beat, and not knowing a ton about soccer, I kind of learned as much as I could. You know, I normally watch like the World Cup a little yeah. bit and I would watch, you know, English Premier League, but that was like basically it. And it was just a little bit of that on on weekends and stuff. But watching her play just like and and also covering the team and like being so yeah. close to that team and that group last year and just seeing what she was able to do with just her feet. Like it's so special and so unique and it gave me like a just a totally different perspective on how tough the sport is <laughs> and how special a player she really is too. Like She's it, one of those athletes that just doesn't stop, man. I mean, she, oh, yeah. this whole summer she played for the Lansing United, which is a, is a you know a development league. It's a mm-hmm. premier league team, but still to be able to get that kind of an experience too, that can only help. I think when you go back to college. Oh, one yeah. of the, one of the things that impresses me the most is the way she can play the ball while it's in the air. It's yeah. not only not only does she you know have a boot, but oh my gosh, like she can play the ball in the air. She can use her head. She can. It's aggressive. She, yeah, she's so aggressive, and she's always at the top of the pile. You know when it comes to corner kicks everybody's jumping at the same ball mm-hmm. you know uh the way she can play the ball in the air is 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 just unbelievable uh, opposing teams don't really like her either just because oh, yeah. she's that aggressive like <laughs> yeah. she no she, yeah and she she'll she'll put a put a shove into you she's oh, like yeah. she yeah flat out aggressive like Physical she does not want people yeah. to push you yeah she's not letting anybody push her around and she's gonna make sure that she does it first and i think that's what makes her special and that gives this team just a totally 
different competitive edge, I think. Yeah. Then, you know, then as to the past when there wasn't a player like that, mm-hmm. you know, she gives them that edge and I assume other players feed off of that. And that's yeah. what I saw last year. Her her and Madison Costner, I think that they just they lead this team. That's that's their go to players and they, they need as much as they can possibly get out of them to get oh, yeah. these players going by the middle of the season that are still trying to learn their way through Definitely. the Central Michigan soccer system. Uh so follow along with Central Michigan Life. Uh on September 16th, which is Sunday, the day after the football game, actually, they're going to have uh, Senior Day. They're going to honor all their seniors. Unfortunately, Zoe Reed suffered an injury this year, so she's not going to be honored because she has one more year of eligibility, but all the other seniors will be. Uh, that'll be before the game. Uh, it is in Mount Pleasant, obviously, at 1 p.m. Uh, and then after that game, they start Mid-American Conference play against Ohio in Mount Pleasant as well. They're going to be in Mount Pleasant Friday for the two for the next two weekends so that's you know good to be able to you know <laughs> sleep on your own bed and everything that, yeah that's always sure. nice mm-hmm. so anyway well yeah we'll have coverage of everything that we've we've talked about this podcast on the website cm-life.com be sure to follow at cmlife sports on twitter for all your live updates of, of uh, women's soccer and of football um that was maroon and bold thanks for listening